Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. When we talk about Valentine, we think about the word love, and we want to understand the true love. The love comes from God. The true love, the agape love, is from God because He is love. In First John chapter four, verses seven and eight, the Bible say, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love." Being born again to come to know Jesus and repent of your sin is not the same as knowing God. Yes, we met Jesus either through the Bible, through the Bible study, coming to church, hearing some testimony, and we met Jesus. We gave our life to Jesus, and we were born again. It doesn't mean that when we were born again, we really know God. But it's just the first step to walk into the knowledge of God and to have a personal relationship with God. I remember when I first born again in 1980. I did not know God that much, but I decided to become a Christian and I decided to follow God. But it took me quite many years to really know God, to have a grip of who God is and have a personal relationship with Him. If you meet me for 15 minutes, shaking hand, talking to me for 15 minutes, you cannot go outside and say, "You know, I really know Pastor Lau. I know him very well." You cannot. It takes some time to develop relationship and to really, really know God. In fact, I tell you the truth: that as a pastor of this church, I pray all the time that the members of this church will really personally. Know the Lord, and how do we know that a person knows the Lord? The Bible say clearly, if you know the Lord, you know God. God is love. You will walk in love. A born again Christian who doesn't love doesn't really know God. How can we tell you know God by looking at your way of talking, your way of life, your behavior, and you can tell. Whether you know God or not, for God is love, and to walk in the love of God, to walk in love by love through love, is a higher plane of life. It's easy to walk a selfish life, me, 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 myself. But when you come to know God, and you walk in the love of God, you walk in the higher plane, a higher level of life, a higher level of mountain. And I believe that all of you want to live at the higher plane of life. That is the walk of love. And when you walk in the love of God, your eyes will shine the love of God. Your ears will hear the things that full of love, and you will talk. You will behave in the loving way all the days of your life. And I pray that you all will walk in that higher plane. You will be changed. From glory to glory to glory, we don't come to church on Sunday or go to care group 
just to fulfill and finish the religious ceremony or ritual things of we call Christianity. But we come to church, we get lay hand on, we read the Bible, we listen to the teaching CD, we go to care group, we have one-on-one Bible study or discipleship or mentoring so that all of us will know God and we will be changed from glory to glory to glory, which means we will be more and more and more and more loving. We will have more faith and more love in our life to become more like Christ. In fact, a lot of people like to teach the Bible. And they will pick up the subject of the Bible, the subject of righteousness, the subject of prosperity, the subject of gift of the Holy Spirit. And they think also that love is a subject to teach and to preach. In fact, love is not a subject. Love is a person. Love is a person. He is God. And if you understand about God, you will realize that every subject in the Bible The subject of healing, the subject of salvation, the subject of demonology, deliverance and prosperity and healing and the gift of the Holy Spirit, the church, the faith, the favor of God. Every subject in the Bible will not be totally mean anything to you without the word love. If you try to exercise the gift of the Holy Spirit without love, it means nothing. If you try to be rich, prosperous without love, it means nothing. If you try to teach the Bible without love, your teaching means nothing. Everything in the Bible has to be around one core word. That is the word love. Because God is the core of everything. Of what we do, what we say, and what we think in this Christian life on earth here. Amen. Love must be mixed in every subject in the Bible. And then we will really become a real Christian. True Christians will walk in love. Love is a central part of the heart of God. So today, I want to ask you to do one homework. If you go back to read the Bible, and every time you see the word God, you replace that word with the word love. Because God is love. Every time you say, God created the heavens and the earth, you'll replace it. Love created the heavens and the earth. God sent, God so loved the world. Love so loved the world that he sent his one and only son in order to save us. He is love. That's why if we want to be a loving person, we need to have a personal relationship with God. Anytime you don't think in a loving way, you don't think in God's way. Every time you don't speak in a loving way, you don't speak in God's way. Every time you look at people around you, you come to church, you look at brothers and sisters, and you don't look at them with the eyes of love. You don't look at them in the ways of God. But if you are filled with God, you're going to think, you're going to speak, you're going to do everything in the loving way because God is love. How can we tell that a person walk in the flesh or walk by the Spirit? Because the Spirit of God is love. A person who walk by the Spirit of God will walk in love. The people who walk in the flesh will walk in selfishness, hatred, self-centeredness, and they don't think about other people's well-being. Love is about giving, about other people's well-being. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, the Bible says, 
but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into Him who is the head. Many times people misunderstand about presenting the truth. They say that I'm a teacher of the Bible. I know all the Greek and Hebrew, all the things in the Bible. I know I can read the Bible upside down. I can quote the Old Testament and New Testament. I can quote all the things I know, the deep word of the Hebrew, the deep word of the Greek. And I'm going to slap on your face right now all this truth. And I want to let you know that I know so much. That doesn't mean anything. It's not about just telling people the truth, but it's about how you tell the truth. It's not just about telling your kids, oh, you need to go to bed on time. You're bad, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. You don't do your homework. It's not about just telling them the truth, but it's about how you tell them the truth, how you teach the Bible, how you present the truth to people. You may say that, you know, I have received so much revelation from God. I have so much truth in my mind that I'd like to share with you. I have the answer for you. You need this answer so much. But right now, I'm going to pull out and slap on the plate and you eat it right now. The way you present the truth will determine how people will receive it or not and how people will remember it or not. If you don't present in a loving way, even though you present the truth, people will reject and turn away. So it's hard to receive when a person doesn't present the truth in love. I want to talk to the parents in this room, husband and wife, and teachers of the Bible in this room, preachers, or you want to witness to your friend about the gospel, making sure that you present the truth in love. If you love, you're going to spend some time to prepare the food, season it, decorate it nice. You will depend on the Holy Spirit to use the right tone of voice, the loving tone of voice, and the loving eye contacts, personality, and body language to be able to communicate the truth to people. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 21, the wise in heart will be called prudent, and sweetness of the lips increases learning. Everyone say sweetness of the lips. You're going to present the truth. You need to speak with love, sweetness. Proverbs 16, 24. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bone. We need to check our heart. Anytime we want to communicate with somebody about the truth or correct people or try to teach the Bible, whatever we do, we need to check our heart first. I am doing this out of love, or I just want to show off that I know a lot, or I just want to slap on your face to let you know you're so wrong, and you're bad, 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 or you do out of anger, and you do out of arrogance, and try to get position, you know, I'm going to show to my pastor that I know a lot of the Bible, so that he can promote me to teach the Bible in the care group. With all this motive, it doesn't help. Whatever you do, Whatever you say, do out of love, caring about people around you. You want to bless them. You want to help them. Amen? Amen. Don't come in and slap on the people's face and you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong like this. You know, you, you turn people away when you do that. You need to present the sweetness of the word of God to people. What does it mean, love? 
First John chapter three verse fourteen. We know that we have passed over out of death into life by the fact that we love the brethren, our fellow Christians. He who does not love abides, remains, is held and kept continually in spiritual death. Oh, the Bible is so strong here. How do we know that we really born again? How do we know that we really pass out of death to life? We know by seeing the lifestyle, your fruit. When a person walks into the church and say, "I'm a Christian," I don't fully believe right away. I want to see the fruit, and the fruit is that you love your fellow Christians. You love them. You care for them. I go to care group every Friday. I rarely miss. Do you know why I come to church every Sunday? Not because I have a job of being a pastor. Even though I don't preach, I will still come because I loved you. I want to spend time with you. I want to see you guy because I love my fellow Christians. It's not the job to be here, but because of the love. That's why we come and meet together. Verse 15, the Bible says, "Anyone who hates, abominate, detest his brother in Christ is at heart a murderer." And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding within him. The Bible differentiates between the word killer and murderer. When you kill somebody, it doesn't mean that you are a murderer. For example, you may be drafted to be a soldier to go in the battle somewhere, and you have to kill your enemy because if you don't kill them, they kill you anyway. So you have to kill somebody to, to protect your country. Or maybe a bad guy came into your house. And try to rape your wife, and you try to fight, and he doesn't want to stop. Eventually, you have to pull your gun out and kill him because otherwise, your wife going to be in trouble. Killing somebody is not a murderer, but murderer doesn't mean you have to kill somebody. You just hate somebody. You just look at the person and say, "This guy, this lady, gave me so much grief, so much problem. I hope that he will go away from this planet Earth." I hope he will die soon. I hope God send a fire to burn him, and send him to hell very soon. If you think that way, you don't haven't said you haven't done anything. You already become a murderer in the eyes of God because you want to kill that person in your heart. In fact, I want to encourage all of you. No matter what happened to you, you focus your eyes on God who loves you so much, and God who is so powerful. People may try to come to damage your family, damage your business, try to gossip about you, damage your reputation. But you should have faith that your God loves you so much, and God is so powerful. And you can say, like Joshua say, he say like this: No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. So, in other words. God loves for you is so powerful, so much, and He's so powerful. It doesn't matter what other people try to do to you. You just keep your eyes on God, and you know that no one else can do anything to you, because He will not forsake you. He will not leave you alone. He will help you. He will come true, and He will pull you out of the situation. I want to encourage many of you in this room. Many times you may feel discouraged. You lost your loved ones. You lost your dad, your mom, your husband, your wife. You lost your job, and you depress, and you try to focus on the loss, on the problem. I want you to turn around and don't focus on those problems. Focus on the love of God. Look up at God and say, "God loved me so much." And you start to count the blessing. Think about this. 
A lot of people in the world have no house to live. A lot of people in the world have no food to eat. Many people in the world right now suffer so much. We have so much in America. We have food. We have house. We have, don't look at what you don't have, but look at what God has given to you, and focus on the love of God. Believe that no man in this world can come against you because God still loves you. Amen. Just focus on the love of God. This is how I live all this year. I only focus on the love of God and don't focus on the problem, because the problem will make me me depressed. But I focus on the love of God, and the love of God will help me to go through all the hardships in my life. First John three sixteen, the Bible say, "By this we come to know the love that He laid down His own life for us, and we ought to lay our life down for brother in Him." The definition of Christianity is love. The core of Christianity is love, and. Laying down our life for our brothers is the definition of Christian, because that's how Jesus saved us. He laid down His life for us. A lot of time when we heard the word "lay down my life for my brothers," let's have a seminar called "Laying Down Your Life for Your Brothers." I believe that the room will be empty. But if we have a seminar called Faith Seminar, Prosperity Seminar, Healing Seminar, the room is full. But when Jesus say, "Carry the cross." Deny yourself. Follow me. Lay down your life for your brothers and sisters. I believe a lot of people will not show up. The devil will say to you that, "Wow, this is not fun. You're gonna lose your fun all the days of your life because you have to lay down your life for your brothers and sisters, and you will have a miserable life." Don't get into that kind of teaching. Just keep in the Bible, but don't practice it. That is a lie of the enemy, because laying down our life for one another is the Best tool for evangelism. People will know that Jesus is still alive when they see the love in the church. The devil is so cunning; he would do everything for us to have strife, fighting, quarrel, fight between the churches. This church don't like that church. Criticize one another, fighting each other, and then non-believers will look at it and. Look down on the church, despise the church, ridicule the church. All these Christians, they fight each other. I don't want this kind of stuff. They even hate each other. The devil is so cunning. He try to cause Christians to hate each other. But we need to go back to the Bible. The Bible say Jesus laid down his life for us. Therefore, we need to lay down our life for one another, and the world will know that we are the real disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I gave my life to Jesus many years ago, I came out from Buddhism. I promised God, I'm not going to be one percent Christian. I'm going to be a one thousand percent Christian, and whatever the Bible say, I'm going to do it. Whatever the Spirit of God shows me, I will do it. I want to be a real disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ to let the world know that Jesus is alive. I don't want to be a fake Christian. Normal Christian, lukewarm Christian. I want to be full Christian, and one way to show that we are real Christian is to walk in love, because God is love. And when we walk in love, don't worry, because love never fails. You reap what you sow. You sow love, you reap love. You will never fail. Don't worry. You still have fun. It is more blessed to give than to receive. God gonna bless you back. If we talk about prosperity, the Bible say God want to give you 
exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask and you can imagine. You want to walk into the exceedingly and abundantly. What you need to do, this is the key: love one another. If you have a selfish attitude, God bless me, bless me, bless me, and you forget about your brother and sister, that principle or the spiritual law of prosperity will not happen, because every spiritual law in the Bible must come with love. Faith without love will not work. So this is an attitude, God. You're gonna give me exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask and I can think about and I can imagine. Bless me, give me a lot of anointing, give me a lot of blessing, give me a lot of prosperity. But at the same time, you need to have a heart of love so that I can bless my brothers and sisters. I can bless my husband. I can bless my wife. I can bless my children. I can bless my church. I can bless the world for you. Use me as a vessel. To be a blessing to other people, then the spiritual law of prosperity and the spiritual law of love will work together. Faith will not work without love. Amen. John chapter thirteen verses thirty-four to thirty-five. I give you a new commandment that you should love one another, just as I have loved you. So you too should love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And if you keep on showing love among yourself, the Bible talk about "I love you, you love me," and we love one another in the local church. The world will not know that we are Christian because we speak in tongues. The world will not know that we are Christians because we can quote all the scripture and memorize the whole Bible. The world will not know that we are the disciple of Jesus Christ because we know Greek and Hebrew, and we can dissect the word in the Bible in deep Hebrew and deep Greek and try to explain deep, deep, deep thing. And people listen and what are you talking about? They don't see God because you dissect something deep in the Bible. They see God when you walk in love, when you care for your brethren, when you see somebody who is hurt. And then you invite that person and feed him with dinner, and buy something for him, encourage him. That's what the Bible say clearly. God never said that you become my disciple when you speak in tongue and you show signs and wonder and cast out demons, because the devil can perform signs and wonders as well. Do you know that the devil can give money to people? Do you know that the devil can perform signs and wonders? If you don't believe me, go to Thailand and see all the. A demonic activity over there. They perform signs and wonders, and they can make people rich. Somebody told me that in Malaysia, they will worship a god from Japan, and all the Malaysian people believe that if you have this god in their house, this god will make you rich. So the false god can make people rich, and the false god can perform signs and wonders as well. So what is a sign of Christianity? What really make a mark on your life that you are a real Christian? Not that you are rich, not that you can perform signs and wonders, not that you speak in tongue, but because you love one another. Love is the mark of Christianity. Amen. And we need to understand that. And if you want your faith to work, you need to walk in love. The Bible says in Galatians chapter five verse six, for in Jesus Christ. Neither circumcision avail anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worked it by love. Everyone say faith, faith will work when we love. 
Everything you do, you teach the Bible by faith. You lay hand on the sick by faith. You cast out demon by faith. Whatever you do, you lead the worship by faith. But faith is not enough. When you lead worship, you look at the congregation. You need to love them and say, "I want you to be blessed today. I loved you." Everything you do have to be both faith and love to make it work. Let our church have the reputation of taking care of one another and love one another more than any social club in this city. When people walk into this house, they will go outside and say, "Do you know I has gone to New Hope International Church, and it's so wonderful because people love each other there." They will not boast about your carpet, about beautiful building, about nice coffee stand, about your ability to speak and preach. But they will be impressed with the love of God in this house, and then they will be drawn in to the kingdom of God because they see the love of God among all of us. And as we all grow in faith and we all grow in love, that faith and love together cause. The manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit, then you can move in the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, healing, signs and wonders. And when the Holy Spirit is moving, because we walk in love and faith, all the needs are met. People come here healed. People need a job. We pray by faith and we pray in love. They get a job. When they come in. The husband and wife is breaking down right now. They cannot get along. You pray in faith. You pray by love. They come back together, so faith and love move in the church. Miracles happen. Miracles happen. Supernatural thing happen. The Holy Spirit is moving, and then when outsider look in the church, wow! I like to go there. Wow, that's great. People go there and have experience of the love and the manifest presence of God. The wonderful things happen in the church. They would like to join the church. They like to be a Christian. Now you see why God emphasized so much about love. In the local church, Roman chapter two verse four, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? If you see brother and sister walking to the church with some weaknesses and shortcomings, it's not practicing this way. Go in and point finger and condemn right away. If you do that, you turn people out. And it's not your job anyway to correct that person. By the way, you don't have the right to walk in the church and correct somebody in the church right away. It's not your responsibility. It's the care group leader, the pastor, and their mentor. If I walk into some church and I see something bad happen there, it's not my responsibility. It's the pastor's responsibility and the care group leader or leader in that church. You don't go in to point finger and point finger to people and condemn people in the church. What do you do? You love them. You show goodness of God to them, and they will repent. Sometimes you don't even have to confront about their weaknesses. You just love, 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 and when they feel the love of God and they love God back, they stop doing bad things anyway. <laughs> you don't have to even try to point finger to them. They just stop automatically because they love God more. Amen. The goodness of God leads people to repentance. Let us become a pipe. That God's love flow to us, to our eyes, to our voice, to our mouth, to our action, to our personality and body language. 
Let us remind ourselves all the time that I'm going to walk in love and people are going to see Jesus in me and Jesus, the anointed one, is love. People are going to see love in me. Sometimes Christians are too busy with the ministry. Driving the car, I'm late for the cab book. I got to go to teach today. And somebody cut in front of your car and they put the finger up and yell <laughs> to that driver. And you are going to teach the Bible? Are you going to go to the care group to minister in the Lord, in the Word of God, but you f- put your middle finger up and you yell to that person when somebody cut in front of your car? You're too busy with ministry, but you forget that love is the most important thing. If somebody cut in front of your car, just smile. God bless you. Walk in love. Amen? <laughs> Do you know what makes heaven heaven? What makes heaven heaven? Not the street of gold. Not the pearly gates. Because you can make a pearly gate on earth here. You can make street of gold on earth here. If you're rich enough. What makes heaven heaven? God. The presence of the living God. And the presence of love. I want to go to heaven because I want to be surrounded by love. I don't want to go to hell because over there I will be surrounded by hatred and sin. I want to be in heaven. And as Christians, we need to bring heaven to earth here. We need to have the presence of God. The love, God is love, is in us. Amen? And we go everywhere with the presence of God. And then we demonstrate the love of God. You're going to make your company like heaven. You're going to make your home like heaven. Because you carry the presence of God. Love. The presence of love. And you demonstrate the love in that community, in that neighborhood, in your home. When you get married, your wife walk in to your house. She should feel heaven there. Amen? The same thing. Husband should feel heaven in the house. Because the wife will walk in love at the same time. That's why we need to grow in love. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, it's interesting, I read many scriptures in the New Testament, and when Paul complimented the New Testament church, he did not talk about their nice carpet, beautiful building, good light system, and good musical instrument, and he did not compliment them about how much income they have, or how big the ministry, how many people in the church, wow, big ministry, 5,000 members, great, 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 great. He didn't say that. What did he say? We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all about toward each other. The reputation of the early church is not about beautiful building, nice music, nice musical equipment, big budget, big church, many members. But their reputation is that their faith grows and their love is powerful. They love one another so much. Amen? Why our church don't go out and borrow $1 million and change this room in three days into the big, beautiful building? Why we gradually change the building little by little? We remodel this house little by little? You know why? Because I'm a pastor, even though I want excellence, but I don't want to emphasize material. I want to emphasize the quality of the spirit in the church, that people love one another. 
when all this material is going to come anyway, God is going to bless us with the nice things. But that, that is not our emphasis. Even though we need to be excellent, we need to do everything excellent for God. Amen? So our emphasis is love because God is love. How many people know what matters the most to God? Your car, your computer, your iPad, your job. What matters the most to God? People. People matter the most to God. Therefore, if we know that people matter the most to God, we should show love to people. We should not focus on materials and money and all this. We should think about how I can show love to people around me. How can I show love to my uncle and auntie and unbelieving husband and unbelieving children? Show love to them because they matter to God. Is that right? And definitely when we show love sometimes we need to risk some uh, people to reject us because we have to speak the truth in love. But that's okay. We show love to them in every single way. In John chapter 15, 9 to 10 and 12 to 13. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. You notice Jesus emphasized a lot about love. The Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Let me read another one. First John chapter 3, 22 and 23. And I will explain to you the secret of how to walk a Christian life. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. How many people like to have a blank check like that? Whatever you ask, God give you. I like that. Father, I want this. Boom, come. God answered. Is that the lifestyle of Jesus? Do you notice that Jesus' prayer never gets rejected by the Father? Do you notice that? Everything Jesus pray, boom, answer, answer. Wow. There must be some secret in his life that make the Father answer all of his prayer. Whatever. I like that. Whatever. Whatever we ask, receive from him. Actually, I'm preparing a sermon right now called Receive whatever from God. So I just finished the first chapter. I'm writing the new sermon called Receive Whatever from God. Because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. Combine these two passages of Scripture together. John 15 and 1 John 3. This is how we should live. Okay, listen carefully. This is a secret. And if you can get a hold of this secret, your life will never be the same. And I, this is the way I live to, for many years because I find this secret. The secret is this. Number one, I want to abide in the love of God. I want to stay in the love of God. I want to live in the word of God. I see myself sitting in a bubble of love, a bubble. Everywhere I go, there's a bubble around me. And that bubble, feel of love. And the love of God all around me. 
all the time. The love of God is in me. The love of God all over me. I live in the love of God. I abide and live in the word of God. I have faith that God loved me, and I allow Him to show love to me. And have faith that He's gonna show love to me. I live in that faith mode and love mode all the time between I and God. You see my point? Everywhere I go, when I walk into my office, God is here with me. God loves me. Today He's gonna demonstrate. He's gonna manifest His love in me, through me. I walk in the bubble of God's love. Sometimes I like to go to Hawaii at least once a year. I love tropical and the tree and the ocean over there. I love it. And many times when we go there, I and Pastor Da look at each other's eyes. We try to give all kind of reasoning. and say, oh, you know, Hawaii need the fire of God. <laughs> I think we should move to Hawaii and start a new Hope International Church. The church in Seattle can handle themselves. They have Pastor Caesar, Pastor Arash, Pastor Tyson. I think we should pioneer a new church. We should buy a condo at the waterfront and we can enjoy the swimming and the snorkeling every single day. That's my temptation. That just moved to Hawaii. Instead of being in this kind of cold weather, rain and, and cloudy and <laughs> all day long. Oh, over there, sunshine. But it's not about living in a condo in Maui or Oahu. People can have a nice condo, waterfront condo in Oahu or Maui. But their heart is miserable because they don't live in the love of God. You can be in the North Pole of the world. You can be in the jungle. You can be in the most remote area of the world with the shaggy house. But if you live in the bubble of the love of God all day long, you're still happy no matter where you are. Amen. On Saturday, I woke up in the morning and I looked at Pasada and I was talking to myself and to God. You know, God, if I don't have money, I have to live in a shaggy house and small home and just little, little home. But if I have this lady with me, I'm happy. The big house doesn't make me happy, but I have Pasada with me. Every single day, I'm happy already. And the same thing, if I have God with me every day, I live in that bubble of the love of God every single day. I'm happy. It's not about geographical location, but it's about spiritual location in your life. Where do you dwell and where do you live? Amen? So that is the first step. You need to, every single day you wake up, listen carefully one more time, I will abide in the love of God. I will dwell in the house of God which is full of love. I believe that God loves me and I will allow Him to show love to me. Sometimes people don't allow God to show love to them because they just don't have faith enough. You allow Him to show love. And then how do you continue to live like that? Abiding in the love of God. Abiding and staying in that bubble of the love of God. The Bible says you need to obey his commandments and do these things, do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And what are the commandments? Two things. We should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. In conclusion, 
The commandment is number one, faith. Number two, love. If you can walk by faith and walk in love every single day, you make God happy. And you can dwell in that house, the bubble of the love of God every single day. Have faith. Faith will not work without love. Love alone is not enough. You need to walk by faith. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 say, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Spiritual gift is about faith. Lay hand on the sick, preaching, the gift of leading worship, all these things, the signs and wonder and power of God, faith. Faith is about receiving power and receiving the promise of God. But the Bible starts with the word pursue love. Everyone say love. Faith. Everyone say faith will not work without love. How many people want to live a supernatural, abundant, successful, victorious life? How many people want to live that way? What do you do? Number one, live in the bubble of the love of God. Convince and have faith that God loves you. Two, you allow God to show love to you. The manifest love of God will flow in you. That people will look at your life and say, wow, Jesus must be real. Jesus is real. Look at that. Why is so different? Why she is so different? God shows special favor, gives special protection. God gives special provision and direction and all kind of things. The love of God just flow in your life because you live or dwell in that bubble of love all the time. And not only that, you stay in the course of faith and love. You love brothers and sisters. In order to stay in that bubble of love, you need to show love to people all the time. God gives you, you bless people. Think about the well-being of another person. Give and sow. Jesus said, I lay down my life for you. You need to lay down your life for one another. How did Jesus live? Very simple. Jesus lived on earth 2,000 years ago to give. He gave his time to preach. He gave his time to lay hands on people. He gave his time to teach. He gave his life. He died for people. If you want to live a life in the bubble of the love of God, you begin to think about other people more than yourself, love other people, take care of other people, living for other people. Love, 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 love. And don't worry, you will not lack because God is going to let you reap the love back. Somebody is going to take care of you. God is going to send somebody to take care of you while you are taking care of another person. Everyone do this. You take care of somebody else. You love somebody else. You give to somebody else. God is going to send somebody else to take care of you. So everyone do this. We don't think about ourselves. We just think about other people all the time. Think about loving other people, giving to other people. Amen? This is the key of living a Christian life. Living a life of giving. Living a life of love. Living a life of faith. And living in the bubble. Abiding in Jesus' love all day long. Every morning I wake up, I confess and I'm confident God loves me. Even though the whole world doesn't love me, even though the whole world rejects me, I don't care. Because I am confident that God loves me. And I live in that bubble of love. I say, God, today I walk out of this home to my office, to the operating room. Your love is going to be manifest. You're going to show love to me. You're going to help me in my surgery. You're going to help me in my relationship with 
my co-workers, your love will be with me all the time. And at the same time, I'm going to walk by faith. I have faith that you will take care of me. And I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to show love to other people. I'm not going to take advantage of anyone. I'm not going to give anyone trouble. I will only be a giver, 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 helping people, loving people all the time. Should we live like that? Amen? Let me read one more time. Whatever we ask, we receive from him. I want to live that way. Whatever I ask, he gives to me. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. What are the commandments? Believe on the name of Jesus and love one another as he gave commandment. John 15, 10 to 11, and I will close in prayer. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Living a life of love and faith cause you to have joy. Smiling, happy, laughing every single day. Living a selfish life, self-centeredness make you miserable. If you want to have the full joy of God, you need to obey his command. Love one another. And if you look at it, that's how Jesus set good example to us. The whole 30 years of his life on earth, he lived a life of abiding in the love of the Father. By obeying his commandment, he gave and gave and gave. He walked by faith. That's why every prayer that Jesus asked the Father, God answered. Amen? Should we live that way? Living in the love of God. Let the love of God flow to us to touch other people's life. From now on, we will not be self-centered anymore. It's not about me anymore, but it's about God. I love Him. I have faith in Him. And it's about other people. I love other people. And I'm going to have faith for other people. I promise you, every one of you who joined the membership here, no matter how weak you are, how messy life you have in the past, I'm not going to focus on that anymore. I'm going to look at you and I'm going to have faith that my loving Father is going to do something to change your life. You're going to be a new creation. Last Sunday, I was sitting with some Indonesian brother and sister and when I look at their face, my faith rise up and I say, God, going to do something in your life in this church and you will never be the same. Your life is going to get better. You're going to get better and better. Your family is going to get better. Your kids are going to get better. It's not about me. It's not about joining my church, but it's about you because I loved you and God loved you and I'm going to exercise faith for you and I'm going to love you. That's the way we should live. Amen? Everyone say faith. Everyone say love. How many people are going to walk by faith? How many people are going to walk in love? How many people say, I'm going to love one another in this church? We're going to love one another. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us in the, the, the secret in the scriptures that you are love and we want to walk in love and dwell in the love of Jesus every day. We want to remain and stay in that bubble of love every day. Convinced, persuaded, 
and believe that you love us so much, no matter what happened, no matter what other people say about us. But we are convinced that you love us, and Father, we allow you to show your love to us, your protection, your provision, your healing, your help, your guidance, your wisdom, your favor, everything, your blessing. Come upon us because you love us, Lord. Your teaching, you change us, Lord, to become more mature, Lord. And as we dwell in the love of God, we want to dwell in that love forever. We're gonna obey your commandments. That is to walk by faith and walk in love every single day. Lord, help us to be givers, laying down our life for one another in this house, Lord. We will not be selfish people. Self-centered people, but we want to become like Christ, Christ who gave up His life, who laid down His life for us, Lord, and we're gonna lay down our life for one another, Lord. Thank you, Father. Help us to become mature, to become like Christ, and may the love of God be so evident, so clear in this house. And when our unbelieving loved ones come here to visit us, they can feel and see and experience the love of God, and they will turn to Jesus, repent, and be born again. Father, we thank you so much. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, Amen. 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 Give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you.